Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10. Very special name now. It's going to be a name change. It's still coffee time, but this time we got a new addition. My new co-host, who was on last week, we got to work, Dave Krenzel. And now we're here for episode 10 with John Abraham, former NFL player of 15 years. How are you tonight? I'm doing good, man. Uh, just chilling, relaxing mostly. Uh, trying to see if I can find something good to watch on TV tonight. <laughs> I'm, with, uh, I'm with you there. It's Sunday night. There's like never anything good on, on the weekends. <laughs> so, so let's begin, shall we? Um, let's start off. How are you been in during this weird COVID area? Uh, how are, how have you been? Have you been staying safe, you and the family? Uh, got fat. That's about it. Um, everybody, uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody's um, pretty much uh, laid back and chill. Um, you know, kids doing well, family doing well. Um, I actually uh, haven't had anybody really close to me get it. Um, I had a few people outside of me get the COVID, but I think everybody, um, especially in Atlanta. Everybody seems to be moving back around like uh, there's no COVID out here right now. So mm-hmm. so we still need P's and Q's a little bit. Are you guys still strict over there on the laws in Cali? Uh, I'm, I'm in uh, Atlanta. Oh, you're in Atlanta now. Okay. okay. Yeah. So no, nah, they, they're not that strict at all, man. I think a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, red states are just letting people um, go as they want to go. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. too, because Texas is fully open right now. And and I know we're there's another, yeah, there's yeah. another state. And uh, yeah, another state too. I think uh, Alabama, um, Arizona, Arizona, no mask, yeah, no nothing, right? Or was it Arizona or Texas? I'm not sure. Texas, Texas. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, who would have thought that this whole thing would have shut down all sports, everything, concerts, you name it? Starting with the whole Rudy Gobert thing last year in the NBA. Who would have thought that? Yeah, who would have thought he got that big contract though? That's even bigger. Right, <laughs> that contract is everybody. Everybody was talking about that. <laughs> I know. After he was the one who didn't take it seriously. Yeah, he broke two records. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So uh, let's start off. You were drafted out of South Carolina, where you played your college ball. Did you know you were going to be picked where you were at, or was it was it just? Uh, fruition that you got drafted where you were at um i didn't know i was gonna go as high mm-hmm. but i knew i was going to the nfl i knew i had the potential i knew i had everything the nfl people look at and want in the nfl player but also you gotta know there's a lot of other people out there too only problem i had in college was we didn't win a lot of games mm-hmm. you know and uh and my big thing was coming from a big school but a small name when it came to football was kind of tough so you had um had a, a little bit uh, more had to work a little harder just to get your name out and let people know who you were and um i think um blue hopes coming my senior year mm-hmm. did a good uh, helped me out a lot just for getting people to know who, what my name was and and um where i'm from and things like that hey, hey john hey i see you're six four dude like how many other guys at your high school were the same size the same weight and the same speed as you and then i got another question what did you do to like, were you just like naturally like that man? And like, so good at football or like, did you do something behind the scenes that made you better than the rest? Um, honestly, 
when you're a kid, you uh, do everything, you know. And um, for me, sports was something that keep me from doing work because uh, my own mom was a um, kitchen lady and my grandparents were janitors, so they believe in working. So the only way for me to not to work was I had to have an extracurricular thing to do. So I started getting into sports and I started liking sports, you know, but my mom wasn't really, you know, keen on really sports at all. But as I got older and I progressed and I got better and I got better because um, I only played one year of high school football. I really played basketball. Stop. Was, um, yeah, Stop. No, Your first round pick and you played one year in high school. Yeah, I was basketball and track, man. But I think, I think the basketball Dude. and track prepared me for football, though. I think the basketball and track with the explosion and the speed, I think that helped me with track. I mean, you, football. Are you hearing this? Did we I just am. not talk about this? Yes, we did. Last week. Yep. Man, that's something. All around sport. That Wow, that's crazy. And that helped you, too. Like you said, get, when you got in the NFL, that helped you. With, uh, that's awesome. Like, were you, wow. Were, were there any other guys your size in your school, in your city, in your town? There were. Because, um, like I said, I ran track and basketball. So, really, I was I, I didn't get 200 pounds till my end of my senior year when I was going to college. So there was a lot of guys around my where I was from, like six four. We didn't have a we didn't have a big school at all. I graduated with like forty six people. But yeah, we had guys around six four and, and around my size, but you know, being from a country town, you know, our population like a thousand where I'm from, is it, is a lot of people, but a lot of people weren't looking to go to school. You know, and, and and I honestly can say I probably wasn't the best athlete in our school, but you know, I just I just cling to football, and I actually end up being good at it. Well, you know, better than a lot of people thought I would be. But most people in my in my town, you know, they look for jobs or they went to the military. I'm telling you, I had a we had a running back that was six two, like two thirty. He was he was a beast. But like I said, where I was from, it wasn't look people weren't looking to go to college to play sports. You know, a lot of people were looking for other things in life. It wasn't um destination of people. Um, I had it in my mind I wanted to play professional something and I end up uh you know playing football. Man. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so then you like you said, you got drafted. You got drafted out of South Carolina. But did you know that you were going to be what was it like knowing when you got you didn't even step a foot playing with the team you got drafted by that you got traded for Keyshawn Johnson, a future Hall of Famer. You didn't ever get to play for the Bucks. What was going through your mind when you got traded? Uh, at, my, at that point, I didn't really care. I just wanted—I just wanted to get on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any any player in college, well, maybe not more, not 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 more said now because now they have a lot more things. Seem like people can switch teams and get out of playing for different teams. They got a little more clout than we had back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in a tribute to this, just getting on the team was the big thing in your, in your, in your mind when you first get drafted. It wasn't where you go. It was, it was like where you, you were worrying about what pick you were going, not what team. Like you didn't really care about what team you was going to, even though you might not have been happy. You might've been, cause I, I was I hard thinking I was going to San Francisco at 16, but the Jets ended up picking me at 13. And you know, it's kind of hard to turn down a team. Can't really do that. I think only people can do that is the Mannings. Mm-hmm. But besides that, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, well, a question, real quick, just throw it out there: if, if the Cleveland Browns drafted you, would it matter? Would, would it? Would that have mattered at that time? Brown. I mean, you know, I, I would have been a Cleveland Brown. Like I don't care who would have drafted me. They could have. 
They could have drafted me. It was all about getting to to the NFL at that point. Like um, getting your name in the door. After you get in the door, then you can try to make decisions of where you want to play. But you know, the big thing is getting in the door and want and wanting to play and wanting to show like what kind of player you are. You know, a lot of people think that the NFL is a uh, so easy to get into, you know, like, well, you work hard, you're going to get into it. I'll be like, man, there's only like 15, 1600 people in the NFL every year. People don't understand that. Like, it really only, and, um, you know, looking back playing 15 years now, thinking about that, that was an accomplishment because, and like being able to start all 15 years is, uh, is, is really an accomplishment saying that you got somebody coming in every year to try to replace you. So that made, that made me feel a lot better about myself now thinking back, um, when I first got done in the NFL, my big problem was I kept thinking about all the stuff I didn't do compared to the stuff I did do. Mm. And you know, I mean, if you have a if you have a big mentality or a high expectation of yourself, it's going to happen. Man. So you were a five time Pro Bowl. You're you're a two time first team All Pro, second team All Pro, and part of the hundred sacks club. Now I know ultimately you wanted to win the Super Bowl, and unfortunately that never happened. But out of those accolades, which one did you like the most, or did you, or did you not care about any of that? You just wanted to win the Super Bowl. Um, I can honestly say now, looking back, I can say my sacks. But um, when I was playing, I, I wasn't really worrying about sacks as much. I was worried about winning. I worried about staying on the field as much as I, I could. So a lot of times, I, I would come out the game late in the game, where a lot of times people would stay in to get sacked. Mm-hmm. Now looking back at my career. I kind of be like, well, I should have stayed in this game a little longer. Maybe I should have stayed in this lane. You know, got my sacks up a little higher. I was eight sacks away from being in the top top five. So that really kind of bothers me now mm-hmm. because um, players are going to be playing a lot longer now. Like a lot of the good players, are going, their career is going to be extended because of the practice level is a lot different. The offseason is a lot different. So the people have a lot more time to rest their bodies and they can play. 16 game year compared to when I was there, our tour days were literally you had two days of pads. You know, you may have one day off, maybe a shells and shells were still pads, but now um, they have the two days are a lot easier. Um, they have a walkthrough for the second practice. So you, and, and you only allowed a certain amount of days of pads for the whole year, which I think is, you can see a lot of people playing longer. Like even you see Tom Brady and I was playing so long, even with the, D-lineman and O-lineman, you're going, you're going to see their careers extended because of that. You think that's a good thing? I think it is. I think that yeah. I think, I think, football, I think football for the older generation yeah. has gotten softer because we're used to seeing different stuff, but also they, they, they're working on, because this is a career, and we got to see it as a career and not just a sport. When we start, I think we played as as a sport and a career, but we saw we knew we'd probably have jobs afterwards. But how these guys are getting paid, they really don't have to work afterwards if they have a good. If you if you're a key player on a team, you can pretty much set your life up to not have to worry about um, working anymore. So the longer you play, the more you can get out of the contract. It's good that you brought that up because I wanted to ask you that, bring that up to you. Do you, uh, you as a former player, I know you played in a day of where you could, it was rough and tough. You could hit the quarterback and do nothing. There wasn't as much protection. Do you feel that has hurt the game and turned off a lot of fans? If you, as a, and kids growing up too, do you feel that's hurt the game? That, that you couldn't do, can't do now what you did as a player? 
I wouldn't say it turned people off. I would say <laughs> Instagram and uh, Twitter <laughs> probably turned people off. That <laughs> they probably turned people off from sports. You know, back in the day, all you could do was kind of like watch TV and do stuff like that. You know, we didn't have. The, if you wanted to watch a Super Bowl, you had to literally watch a Super Bowl. You know, sit in the thing. But now we have different things that we can do. The the I guess distract us from uh, football. I think um, a lot of people are still intrigued with football because you see the numbers that are getting paid there. So you see, well, you know, especially like young people, you see a lot of um, people like, okay, I'm getting my kids into sports because one day they might can be a millionaire when they turn 21. So I don't think there'll ever be a downfall to sports simply because of the money factor for the older people mm. and just the younger wanting to um, have that just to play the sports. You know, our sports will never go dead, dead. You know, they have other things that we can do. But as a younger generation, like football for us was football. Then we kind of saw it as someplace I can make some money. And then we thought of other things. I think now um, football can be a career now. Like literally you can pay. If you can pay, you can play something 10, 15, 20 years, it's a career. It's not really uh, just playing the game. Now looking back at your career, to me, I I know this is a tough touch, touchy subject to most players. But to me, you were good enough by the stats to – make it into the Hall of Fame. Do you think you will someday make it in there, or do you think you don't have the stats to match up to what the Hall of Fame wants? I think I have the stats, but I just don't have, like, the player of the years or the Super Bowls. Because you're going to see some guys, if you look around the, the guys that have made, um, uh, sorry, the NFL Hall of Fame around me, mm. they are people below me and they are people above me. So it's kind of hard to see that he shouldn't make it, uh, you know, because because of that. But if you if you look at it, like I said, if you see the names under me, and you see the names above me, you see people around me. So, but I think um, if I would have did a little more showcasing myself, you know, a lot of times, um, like I said, I, I never played in a real big game. Like I never played in the Super Bowl. You know, I played in the Pro Bowl, but I never. Uh, you mean had being that. animated? You mean like having a character? That sells tickets, sells shirts, jerseys. I think I think that also. I think if I would have did it also, it would definitely help. Because, you know, being a household name really does help. Because Dude, a lot I mean, of people, come on, yeah. You know, people say Ocho Cinco is an automatic Hall of Famer. But if you see his career, you'd be kind of like, well, you know, but people hear his name so much, you know, you automatically know I think. And there are a lot of people that hear people's names and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they should be in the Hall of Fame, but then you got to see where they Hall of Fame worthy if you look at their numbers. But just knowing people's names sometimes will get people in there a lot sooner. Well, you like know, people you said, hear your too, name, like, oh, yeah, well, he deserved to be in there. Like you said, too, it also depends on the position because if you look at the position, wide receivers are divas. That's how they make their name is being divas. So, I mean, that that's a personality trait right there, and that's what turns people on because, like you said, Good example of Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, whatever his name is now. Yeah, Ochocinco. So he's going to make it if he, you know, T.O.'s in it. There's a numerous amount of wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. T.O. definitely had the numbers, though. He like, did. He did. I love it. I just think that, I just think that um, if I were to yeah, broadcast myself a little better when I was in New York and Atlanta, but I wasn't really thinking about it at the time. Like, I wasn't even thinking about the Hall of Fame. I was just thinking about, uh, like, when I got 100 sacks, I didn't even know. So I was just playing the game, and I was like, Dad, I got 100 sacks. I was like, oh, Lord. I might, I might I make it make the Hall of Fame. And, like, now, like, thinking back, there would have been a lot. There would have been a, some things I probably did differently, like, 
definitely off the field things and some other issues I had. But uh, I'm still proud. I finished uh, nine nine all time. But you know now I'm like 13. So you know there's so many people like playing longer. Jump, than yeah, getting jumped those. up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know it might it might be when I'm like 60 or 70 years old. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you know because you you don't see people getting in there no time soon. I think this is my second year being being up for it. And I don't think like I can't see. And you know, the older you get, the more names come up there, and the farther you get pushed down. So if you don't make it the first or second year, it's kind of tough to see you make it anytime soon. Now, did you have when you were playing? Did you have a player you wanted to be like, or did you just want to be yourself? When I first got in the league, everybody talked about Lawrence Taylor simply because he was in New York and I was in New York. Mm-hmm. But I watched Derek Thomas, and I liked Derek Thomas' game. But um, after after the second year, when I made my first Pro Bowl, um, you started wanting to be John Abraham. You know, you wanted to make your own name for yourself. Um, right. And that's when people that's when people stop um, considering me uh, being like this guy, being like that guy. You know, um, you, you you try to make your own name when you leave. When people oh, John was this kind of player, you know, but they won't say John was just like you know, like when it's when it, you think of Kobe, you say Kobe was just like Jordan, mm-hmm. but he still was Kobe. But you know, right. I wanted to make a movie. That's John Abraham, which which most people want to do. Dave understands this. When you're in that kind of situation, like at first you might want to play like somebody, but once you get in it and you're a professional, you understand this is your last regime. You want to be like, okay, I want to make my own name. It's kind of like you used to probably do everybody else dance, but then when you get in the league and you're with that person, you're surrounded by that person, you want to make your own name. Uh, you want to imprint yourself. You got a question, Dave? Yeah, how? How how do you, how did you go about uh, you know the whole process either high school or college you know what could you tell what are the good nuggets that you could tell the youth players that want to have the experience that you did you know fifteen years in the NFL man like dude that's I can't believe I'm even talking to you man like th- those guys right there like are the vets of the vets you guys are it's just remarkable what happened and. What, what kind of advice, what kind of like golden nuggets would you give these guys? What kind of secrets? What What's the recipe? What's the formula from a guy like you that you could tell a 10-year-old, an 11-year-old that's saying, oh, my dad's putting me all these, you know, tournament, the club ball's big, the the teams are out there, they're playing all these games. Like, what what, is, what do you say to multi-sport, you know, super selective? I want to play in the NFL, man. I, I was a draft in uh, the M- major league draft. Like, what do you say, dude, to this whole thing? of kids and dads and parents and moms and paying for showcases. What do you got? Well, first thing as a parent, let your kid be your kid. Like, don't ever push anything on them that they don't want to do. Um, as a kid, I would say be cultural. Um, definitely for kids. Like, kids these age, um, parents also, parents have to be cultural too. Parents have to understand your kid might not be the greatest player. Your kid might not right. be this they might have to work harder. Oh, he deserves this. He deserves that. Okay. And you know, a lot of times they'll switch kids to the team, switch kid here, switch here. There. Right. But also you got to learn what the kid is good at and, and, and know if they're good or not. You know, I, I, it's a lot of pressure on, um, you know, kids these days or even back when I was younger, my mom didn't really press me on playing football or anything like that. She didn't really care as long as I was happy and successful in life. And I think that's a big thing that, that as a kid at that time, you got to, keep them balanced you know um like one thing i wish i would have balanced more was my business sense because when i was a kid you know it was all about football when i was in the 
college is all about football. Even when, even when I was in the pros, it was all about football. And that's one thing I would tell every athlete. You know, if you, if you got a full ride to school, take advantage of school. You know, and um, if you go to school, take classes that will help you when you get into the environment as being a um, professional athlete. You know, marketing classes, business classes, things that you're going to have to consider when you get in there. You know, things that, because uh, I know when I played back in the day, Dave, I don't know how old you are, but um, when back in my era, it was more of like you you, you come to play football, you didn't come to learn. You come here, you come here for a scholarship. You got a scholarship to play football. You do not get a scholarship to, uh, to go to class and do all this and that. That changed for me my senior year when I got Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz was real big about going to classes because mm. I was yeah, I was terrible. So if I was an athlete, like, if you if you if you know you're not going in the first round, which which like I said, it's not a lot of people, like 200 people a year, and it's uh, 30 people in the first round. Um, even with baseball, they they got more rounds, but it's still hard to get in. Yeah, have, have, definitely have a balance. Um, have something to fall back on. I see a lot of um, athletes now doing the podcast or the YouTube or or the internet sensations, and they're kind of leaving sports alone. But have something to fall back on. You know, have something that you're literally in love with besides your sport. Something that's going to intrigue your mind. Like, don't get... I, I, I say don't get 100% in those, but you can, but have 10% for something that you can fall back on. 10% for something that if I want to do something, you know, like my 9% is here, but on the off-season, don't, don't trick off your off-season like I did. Like, I used to trick my off-season off. Just go party, have a good time, yada, yada, yada. You know, work out here and there. But, you know, finish school if you can. Get classes, get as much um, learning at that time as you can, because you plan, you plan like kind of free, even though you're getting paid, you plan for free, so you might as well get some other stuff going on while you can. It's funny you say that because mm. I see growing up, that's what I wanted to play was sports, and I wanted to be a professional athlete. But I knew, I I knew it took me a long time, probably until I reached about twenty, twenty one. I knew I wasn't going to be. A professional athlete because I couldn't do it. So then I had to think of my next best option. What do I love to do most? And what do I want to corroborate? What 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 did I handle the most? And that was being was even though we didn't have podcasts at the time, there was radio. So now you say that that that's basically what looking through me. That's what that's what I'm doing since I couldn't be an athlete. Like you said, it's hard. It's tough. You got to dedicate all your time and effort to work out for your sport or whatever you're playing. Yeah. And it, and if you're not good, you're not going to get where you want to be in sports if you're not, you know, good. And I I found that out late. So, and, and I'm, now I'm doing this. So, you, like, you're right. You need a backup plan. Did you ever mm. have a backup plan, John, if football didn't work out for you? Did ever, like, uh, I I literally didn't. I literally didn't. Like I said, my thing was wholeheartedly football. Like, um, because first of all, when um, like my senior year was tossed in the bucket. Like I, I had a few scholarships to play basketball. Um, I might have could um walked on some place running track, but uh, when I got that scholarship for football, for me it was like this is what I'm doing. Football is it's like ride or die. I do football and nothing else. Like. It wasn't, I won't worry about school. I won't worry about nothing. I was trying to get the best I could to play, mm-hmm. you know, in the NFL. Um, actually, my, I guess my 
freshman year when I came in, I saw that I was a lot better than some of the guys that were on the team. That really, it didn't, it didn't boast my head up, but it really told me I might, you know, because I, I really thought I was going to go to college, you know, be a maybe backup player my whole career and not be that great. And um, then I figured it out after then. That's what I was thinking. You know, I was like, okay, well, I'll be on the team, but then, you know, then I'll start worrying about school, you know, but then I end up being pretty good. And, and every year I got better. So every year for me was just like, the, the opportunity just got closer and closer. So school got farther and farther. You know, a lot of things got further and further. And I think right. one thing you got to understand that being, um, getting a million dollars don't mean you're a millionaire. You know, that's a big thing that people don't understand. Like, I, I think somebody said, like, getting drafted don't mean you automatically a millionaire. You know, because having success and having knowing what to do with your money, um, also knowing what you really want in life, you know, being yourself and contributing to your family members or even not family, some of your good friends that are really friends, not like people that, you know, come along as you grow. Right. But the people when you got seated, you know, so stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of things that have changed, like now since I'm done compared to when I was playing. But it also showed me a lot of things about life. You know, even though I'm 43 now, well, I'll be 43 this year. It's like I'm just learning how to live as an individual. Dude, I can relate to that. Wow, you, you're just saying it like it is, dude. This is crazy, man. I I was drafted in 2000, same year as you. I was in a high school though. And I never went to college. I, although spring training time, I lived at ASU. And like I was a student there. I, went, I was. I never went to class though. I was just the party guy in Millab. Dude, I got one more question for you, Byron. Uh, not Byron. Sorry, Helen <laughs> Byron. I got one more question for John. So okay, thank you for all that, dude. That's wisdom. My God. And one more question for me, dude. People got to realize the difference between a 15-year veteran, a guy that played multiple years you had multiple contracts unless i'm wrong on that i don't know but it seems like you would have multiple contracts with that 15 years in professional organized football like this is it you're getting paid big bucks you dude you repeated that 15 years 15 seasons in one of the toughest sports in the world like that that's unbelievable knowing that you got to tell me what, and it's it's a two-part question. What's the coolest thing you ever did for a rookie? And what is the best experience that you had when you were a rookie and you first experienced the Jets, the hotels, the da-da-da-da-da-da? Uh, you said the best thing I've ever done for a rookie? Yes, the, the whole thing. You know, there's rookie stories out there. What's the, the best one? Like you bought the dude a suit or... The one where you really liked a guy and you were like, no, this guy really has, I need, I need to be there for, or, or, or a funny story. Like I got a good story about the Brewers, what they do to rookies, uh, their first yeah. call up. Like I know that one, that was a good one, but what do you got? For me, that, that's kind of tough. Cause you don't know how you impact somebody. You know, the thing about the rookie thing, like, I don't know how I impact somebody on a good or a bad way. So I can't really say what was the best thing I ever did. Cause you know, there was so many, I met so many rookies and maybe I somebody or maybe right. I, you know, I, I might've gave somebody a ride home one day or something like that. That could have been really big for them. And, you know, right. and it was kind of because uh, a lot of times they tell you not to really get too close to players, the younger players at first, because you don't know if they're going to be there or not, you know, right. and then you know the players are there. 
you try to get it, you try to shoot them as much knowledge as you can, but also you got to know that this guy might be here, he might not. And a lot of times, I would get somebody drafted in my position. And it's it all about just being there and being cool. I think the biggest thing is just being there and being cool. Like, even if they come there saying they're going to take your position, just being there and being cool because you never know. And they never know. So I always try to be cool with all the rookies, you know, as long as they weren't too braggadocious and thinking they were off and all that. You know, because either way, if they're on the team, you got to play with them. If they're not on the team, oh, well, you know. But for my thing, my biggest thing as a rookie – was getting my mom a house, you know, being able to get my mom a house. You know, there you I'm, go. I like that. Kudos. You know, think about it. I'm 21 years old when I got drafted. I was 21, then I turned 22 in May, and then my mom was able to move into her house in like January. So for me, wow, part of, yeah, that was probably the biggest thing. Uh, that's what I want to do my whole life. I mean, if you think about kids when you're younger, and I, I see. Like, even with you and Byron, uh, Dave, even at this age, that's all people want to do. Like, really, like, as as a person, like, the big thing, like, I'm just going to get my mom a house. I, I have people that I speak to any kind of genre. I mean, I don't care what kind of genre you're in. You still want to do something for the people to help you. If it's not your mom, maybe a grandma, maybe an aunt, maybe an uncle. You know, people have different people they look up to. But for me, it was my mom in the house, uh, me and five, well, me and my four other people, all women. So, you know, uh, but my mom, you know, I just wanted to make sure she was okay. She still got the same house. She still got the same car I bought when I was drafted. That's what's funny, though. She still, <laughs> that car is like 21 years old now that I think about it. That's, she still has a car. And, um, you know, that's my big thing, bro. But um, I did a lot of things for a lot of people. But I, I also, I would tell people not to do so much for people. I know it sounds bad, but I spread myself really thin trying to help people and and now I barely even talk to them. And I learned, like, like, do stuff, I mean, do stuff for people that you know, not even say appreciate it, but you know that you'll see them again. You know, like, you know, you know, it's not that you, when, you know, it, it's okay to say no, it's okay I don't, to say I don't feel comfortable. I think I heard Mick Mill say this, he was like, uh, somebody said he changed, he was like, well, back in the day, you never asked me for money. He said, he said, like, you never asked me for money for this and this. And this. So why you ask for money now? He said, you changed. I didn't change. He said, I'm the same Woo! person. You never asked me for money before. Why are you asking for money now? Which made sense. And I'm looking now, I'm like, there's the truth. I'm like, there's a lot of people never asking for nothing. And now it's like, yeah, yeah. So you got to see it as that. So, like, you're not changing the stuff to change around you when you're, when you're in a certain level. And you just got to gotta be comfortable with it, you know. And I think for me, I was so used to giving, so my whole 15 years, I pretty much gave people whatever they want. And now that I'm older and I'm done, you know, it's, it's, it's still tough in me because I still like giving stuff to people, but it's very particular because I have to right. care and I want to make sure they're okay and I want them to be happy now compared to, I, I don't even worry about myself, man. I, I I don't worry about what I drive no more. I don't worry about all that stuff. I had a great time and I enjoyed the sport. <laughs> now I'm trying to enjoy life. It's like it's like almost like reverse. It feel, it feel like this is how I was supposed to be when I when I first got in the NFL. But now, like it's now like it's like I'm like I feel like I'm like 21 again or something like that. And there just just go. like there life again. I like that, bro. I like that's, that's that. That's great, John. You're dude. You you've made me feel better about everything in my whole life. Thank you for your words of wisdom, dude. Unbelievable, for real, dude. Oh, good, man. So, um, 
my next question to you is, uh, let's see if you remember this, okay? I, I'm reading this now. Your first interception. Do you remember? Do you remember who it was that you you intercepted the ball from? Well, I only had one, so I know it's Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Do you remember what? Do you remember what platform it was on too? It was a May. It was a. It was a night game too. The Monday night or Thursday night? My, uh, Monday night. What do you remember most about that? Getting Man. your first career interception off a future Hall of Famer. Well, first of all, it took too damn long. Uh, <laughs> and second of all, I was just mad he tackled me because I was mad as I thought of when I uh, intercepted it. Uh, it looked like I had like just straight a straight shot to the end zone, but he ended up like when I when I when I finally caught the ball, he was like right there to tackle me. But it was um definitely something that gonna stick out for the mop out of my whole career because I only had one, <laughs> and it did, it did come on Drew Brees. That's, that's sweet. That's crazy. Who'd you who'd you enjoy out of all your sacks? Who'd you enjoy sacking the most? Everybody. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 6'4 coming at you, bro. What? Brian or me asking you like, hey, what's your favorite hit? Brian, what's your uh what's the favorite person you have to talk to on on on, on the radio station? Like you can't really tell. Like that's you can have true. somebody that's favorite. True. It doesn't matter. That's any true. any of the hits, dude, they, yeah, those are my favorite. True. Just feeling that and like, dude, yeah, that, that's getting through. That you know, doesn't matter, you right? Or you might enjoy some a little more just because who it was, but all along were sensational. Just like you being able to talk to people on here now, you finally got a forum that you can speak how you want to speak. So every time you get some, a new guest, it's a new excitement, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, just like uh-huh. the same thing. So people say, who was the bear? I'm all along. I look at that. You can sit down and watch. I got 133 of them. I can sit down and watch all 33 of them and it'll take me back to the memory. Even the ones I don't remember. <laughs> but when I see them, I'm like, oh, that was nice. And, I'm, and you know, you kind of think about, oh, I should have did this. I should have did that. Yada, yada, yada. But it's, um, it's a blessing just to be able to get to do it, you know. Do you do you still uh, communicate with any of your former teammates or players you played against? Uh, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I try to, but you know, we don't talk like every day. You know, you know, I call here and there, see how everybody's doing. You know, you met so many people. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's the funny thing is, it's like you talk about yeah. was in your final year uh what'd you learn most from him besides the going to school concept what what what'd you learn most from him just passion passion for what you love like if you see lou hope he's about five four 100 pounds he's a little guy man oh, yes. but the passion, oh, yeah. the passion he had for the sport of football he like we lost every game that year. Like, literally, we lost every game that year. But every time we could have on our side. 
Like literally, he, he, put, he put the motivation in you to be a better person and a better player. That's amazing. Uh, and I, I could see that from him because he is a legend. I can see that from him. Uh, did you ever did you ever learn anything from uh, your other NFL coaches? I I can't remember who were your coaches, but did you learn anything from them as well? The same maybe as from Mu Holtz. Well, I learned uh, I, I learned a lot. Of, I learned some negative things from some coaches. I learned some positive things, but most of the stuff was positive. Most of the things, um, a lot of times you don't get really too close to your head coach, but um, I learned a lot from Mike Smith. I learned a lot from uh, Bruce Aarons, just from being around him, the kind of guy he was. And, um, but, you know, you, you can take the good with the bad. Can you, know, you believe, you can you believe he won a Super Bowl this I last can. year? I can. And uh, he went and got Tom Brady. Tom Brady. <laughs> got, Tom freaking Brady. Brady got drafted the same year. Brady was my draft. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He was, and he went six. That's still on his shoulders. Six, six round pick. He still, he still blabs about it to this day. He's still pissed off about that. Tom Brady <laughs> was drafted in two thousand. Yes, yes, he was. What? Same draft. Six round. Six round wow. pick. Yeah. Wow, that's cr- I, I, I can't. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? And yeah. we'll, and look at and look at what he did. He just like I was telling John while you were gone, he won the Super Bowl this past year. <laughs> crazy. There, there. Look, okay, and this it just go it just goes to show. The last time we spoke, Byron, I was talking about how elite these athletes are. How how like honestly, how good. Some some guys really really are, dude. Like it's just remarkable, man. Like the talent level, the athletic ability, the mental toughness of some people. Just I mean, talking to anyone that 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 went through it and handles it, uh, like you know, like John, like just talking about how we, dude, like yeah, you're talking to like a 15 year vet, man. This these are the kind of guys right here that you're hearing mm-hmm. that just they they analyze it they they set it down it's set in stone and this is what they're doing and it just made sense and they went out and did it like okay guys are like well what's the secret to hitting and this and that and they're trying to find all these things I'm like dude you you got to be good man you got to be good you know what that means like to be that good like if you don't know there's people out there that are that good they I'm like I'm like dude how every time there's an O2 count. You put the ball in play. They're like, well, uh, you know, the when when the ball when he throws it, I, I hit it in play, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, this makes sense now. Okay, and this guy that I was telling, like, you know, JJ Hardy, Baltimore Orioles, uh, Milwaukee Brewers, um, that dude, he he's the only guy that has beat me in ping pong. By the way, professional athlete that's beat me in ping pong, the only guy. So I'm lefty. Sorry, my son's here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him away. Sorry, I got I got a couple kids walking around here, guys. It's all good. Hey, we got kids, so you're not the only Jackson. one. <laughs> Jackson Davis, right here. He's playing baseball. This guy's playing baseball. Hopefully, he's ready. I'm gonna put him away real quick. I'll be right back. Sorry, guys. No problem. So, you you said, of course, I see it in Arizona when you played. Yeah, you were under Arians. Take us through that moment because I see you had a concussion. 
You suffered during a Monday night game, a go-figure against my San Diego Chargers. You spoke with him briefly on what you should do, if you should retire or not. Was that your ultimate decision, talking to him and why you retired? Well, um, honestly, uh, going into the season, uh, mentally I wasn't feeling good. Like, mentally I was I was out of it. I don't know what... Um, I think that's when I started getting my mental issues, but I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, try to do treatment. It, it, it went okay, but after a while, I was just like I, I couldn't couldn't focus on like life. If that makes sense, like my life was just like everywhere, man. I didn't know what I was doing half the time. I was, yeah, it was ridiculous. So I, I finally, and then I went to treatment again this year. I finally had to go again because I was just wilding out, man. I was. I've I've been sober for almost a year now. God bless. Um, I I found out I was bipolar. I had a very bad depression issues Mm. and things like that. I I think I was dealing with it the whole time I was in the NFL, but you know, you always had work to go to or something to keep your mind off it. So when I was done, then getting hurt, my like in San Diego, the first game, which I figured that was going to be my year to get in the top five and sacks so I can pretty much solidify myself as a Hall of Famer. Then mm-hmm. getting hurt, then going to the doctor and find out I wasn't going to and it just, it just put me into a down spot and I didn't have anybody really to grab me out of it because, you know, if, you, if you've been doing something for 15 years, people think you pretty much got it. You know, they think you're good and they think, and they think that's you. Um, I'm sure you be you D, y'all have done things in y'all life. You like now you look back like that. I wish I would have handled it a lot different. Oh yeah. And knowing like how, yeah, knowing the person I was and and in the 15 years I played in the league and the, and the player and the person I am now, it's just like kind of like the back to myself again. It took a while for me to see it. You know, I had people telling me, John, you got to do this. You got to calm down. You know, something wrong with you. You have such a violent rage for no reason. Like, you do stuff and die. And literally, I, I couldn't see it, but I saw it, you know, because I was losing so many friends. And instead of, you know, trying to help myself, I was just like, man, just I don't want to talk to you no more. I ain't messing with you no more. Mm. It's your fault and mine. Mm. But now I, I my fault's now, and it feels good that I can talk about it now. You know, I, the, like definitely going to the psychiatrist and going, and you have to be on pills for a little while. Uh, really help. So now that you mentioned that, do you concuss, concussions is a lot to do with this, and I think you know where I'm going with this with the CTE. Is that what? you think you had was CTE? Is that what you're getting treatment for? Man, uh, only thing I know, I was going through stuff that a regular person shouldn't go through at his age. You know, for, you know, from, from deep depression for no reason. Um, I even, uh, I, I've been to 1013 twice. Y'all know what 1013 is? No, I've heard of like, it, but I'm not 100% sure. I've heard of it, but. Like pretty much suicide call. Like protocol for suicide, so I've been in the hospital twice for that in the last like two years, mm. just having thoughts and just being like out of it, you know. Like uh, I think uh, last year, one day I woke up and I was just a manic depressed and just crying all day. I couldn't stop myself from crying. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. I was break. I was just like literally. 
I was out of it, man. I can't even explain it because I've never, I've been that way before, but not to the point I was then. Like I wanted to end it all. Um, it was just bad. It was bad. But I ended up going to the hospital that day and um, they got me into treatment. Uh, and I got to talk to people about it. Um, I got on meds for a little while, but then I um, got off from probably a few months ago so I can personally be myself again. You know, I didn't want to walk around just kind of zooming in. And a lot of stuff had to me to understand what was my triggers in life. You know, everybody have triggers. And if you don't know your triggers, it is you'll be walking right into them the whole time and don't know. Mm-hmm. So I know what my trigger was. I, I Like, I, before, I used to be a real shy person. You know, in football and sports at all, you, you learn to be a little more vocal because of what you do. And um, a lot of times the people you're around will make you think that you should act that way to be a certain way. But that's not that's not the person I am. That's not the person I want to portray. So now I feel a lot more comfortable in myself, even though I'm not out and about like I used to be, you know, trying to talk to everybody and doing this and doing that. I still feel comfortable. You know, my kids are, you know, proud to call me a father now. Um, my, my real friends, like I said, my real friends that are around me now are proud of what I'm doing and trying to do now. So I feel a lot more comfortable instead of. I guess when I got out of the NFL, my first thing should have been to seek help. But instead, I I, said, I, I sought out the, just to kind of party. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to party. And next thing you know, it's four or five years later, and I'm still like, what the hell? So I just wasted, not wasted, but yeah, I wasted like five years just trying to cover up my um, flaws, cover up how I was feeling inside, cover up um, cover up all the bad things that were going on in my head. You know, didn't want to, you, you don't want to tell, you see a lot of athletes do this and you hear about stuff and they're doing this and seeing it, you're like, I don't want to be considered that kind of person. So instead of telling people about it, you just kind of try to hide under going out or fake fun. I was really going out having fake fun. So now um, players you played with as teammates, who, who, who would you say did you like playing with? I know you had many, but who'd you enjoy playing with the most alongside you? Who was the funniest, shall I say? Uh, the funniest? Oh shit, that, that's a lot of people too. <laughs> we had like, yeah, I had so many funny teammates. I think the person I enjoyed playing with on the field most was probably uh, Jonathan Babineau. Uh, but I enjoyed Calais Campbell too. Mm. Byron, I don't want to. Um, I, are you still there, Byron? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can okay. uh, John? Okay, can good. you still hear us? Byron, you there? Yeah. Okay, John, you there? John, can you yeah. still hear us? Okay. okay, cool. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, John, I don't want to um, kind of surf over the whole thing that you talked about with the pills, the bipolar, the. Uh, the depression and all that stuff, dude. I just want to uh, commend you and and give you know take my hat off to you for just even mentioning that, dude. I mean, I can only imagine uh, just being able to talk about that uh, in a setting of just anyone, you know, because it's so personal and it leaves you so vulnerable for people to. I guess uh, you know one of the biggest fears for me would be to you know hearing people disagree with that or say anything negative about that, and that just uh, like if you will, trigger, you know, another episode of being more depressed, uh, just even think about that. But I mean, the biggest thing with athletes, you hear this thing, you know, like you said, you're all about football, you're all about football. And then you have people there, dude, that 
you give everything to literally and, and money. And you think that they're there for you and they're your best friends and that they're going to be there forever. And then all of a sudden they, you know, whatever the example would be, they find their girl, they find their wife or they go do their own thing or they, they screw you in the end or they, they leave off as best friends. It's okay. You know, but you're still left, you know, holding the bags, dude. And, and you, 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 it's, it sounds like here, here's my story. You know, I bought everybody a house. I bought everybody a car. I paid all their cell phones. I paid all their insurance. I paid for their mortgages and their rent. I did all of it, dude, all of it. And then when it came time to ask for money, Hey dude, uh, bro, can I have $40, man? I, I, I honestly don't have $40 for rent. Could you throw me $40? And it was, it was a no, it was a no. And it was because, you know, well, the whole thing with these people is like, okay, well, if that guy's using right there, don't give him money. He's going to go and use drugs for it. Don't do that. Don't do it. Dude, I got a family of five, man. And I was short $40. And after my career, you tell me if that was easy and you played 15 years. That's the hardest thing that I've ever been through in my life. Plus, you can add most 90 percent. I'll say 90 hard of professional athletes get divorced after the money runs out. Yeah. Well, I've been married, so there's one thing I can't say. So I never got the opportunity. But I do have three uh, different uh, mothers for my kids. But, you know, my, my daughter's 20, 12, and I got a four-year-old. And um, my big thing was uh, I really didn't think I was going to live to be this age. I didn't have my mindset of being 42 years old. I was like, I'm going to be, you know, because I, I don't know. I just always thought that I'd be. 30. Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd be dead sometime. I, I, I just didn't yeah. think I was going to, you know. You, um, you couldn't have fathomed 30 years old. It didn't, 30 yeah. years old did not compute with you, did it? Staring in the mirror after the game. And you're like looking at the stats and you, uh, dude, I went over four. Oh my, oh my God. I'm in double a, this is, I haven't even played in the big leagues. I have this, I have this, I'm giving this, I'm giving that. And dude, like, so, wow. It's just, uh, it's intense, man. It's intense to hear somebody else talk about this. It's, uh, it's funny what you said about the money because I'm, I'm, I'm well, I'm fine. I'm fine. So don't think I'm broke. I'm not broke at all. I'm, I'm fine. But the thing, the thing with me was, like my, la- I think last year I decided not to. I changed. I changed the way I spend because I'm on. Um, I had some money. I got some money up that I don't touch. Like I'm not gonna touch it. I saved it for my kids. Mm. I'm not gonna touch it. There's millions, so they fine. Mm. So they got things waiting for them, and that's that why I was figuring the quicker I die, the quicker they get the money. Shit, <laughs> you know. So I ain't gotta worry about touching. But uh, so last year I was like, okay, I'm gonna start my new budget. So I started a new budget. And uh, I would go out and I would see who would give me money. Like, you know, hey, bro, I can borrow this, give me a drink or something. I do, do, do. Or I would have the money, but I would see, like, what you were saying about the money, the $40, just for the things. Crazy how people change. Because, like, when I go out, I'll pay for everybody. You know, we go to the club, I'll pay for everybody. But I was like, man, I'm going to go get me a drink today. I'm going to see, like, who going to buy me a drink or something like that. And I'll go, like, to my friends or something. Hey, they gonna, you want to drink or something? Man, man, bro, I ain't got it. I'm like, come on now, bro. I'm like, look, all those. Now, I, mean, I know I don't spend. I don't spend. I don't spend money for you to have sex with people. I don't spend Dude. money. For, yeah, food. I don't spend money for drinks. I spend money for flights on you, and you can't like just, you know. So, so for me, and then it, it, it would go around. Thought I was broke. I said, nope. I just want to see how it is to live off people because I was living. You know, people have been living off me my whole life. Well, you know, not my whole life, but since I was 21, so I tried it out. 
that didn't work for me. So I'm, I'm back to just like, you know, doing stuff myself. And I just don't bring a lot of people around. Like usually when I go places now, I go by myself. Like I, I hang there, out. By there my, you go. Yeah, but see, I did this 15 years ago. <laughs> you know, I, you know. Well, I know. thought I was weird. I still go out. It's me spring training, 2004, blah, blah, blah. I'm in, I'm in ASU land, dude. Every day after practice, man, it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm walking to go get sushi every day. I live on Mill Avenue by myself. I loved it. And still to this day, I go to sushi by myself. It's my time. It's me. It's this. It means so much. But, you know, I don't go there for anything else but to just go out there and eat sushi by myself. Is that weird? No. Like, there's other guys doing it, so it's not weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to always wonder when I see my teammates by themselves, I'm like, why the hell you never with people? Because I used to always feel like I needed somebody around me because I had the wrong I had the wrong type of person. My first agent, they always made me feel like I need to have, like, a, a entourage. You don't have to have an entourage to have a good time, you know, and, like, the older I got, you know, because even when I got out of the NFL, I still feel like I need those people around. And it was corny because I didn't need them. Like, I'm like, I don't really need them. I said, look, I'm spending $2,000 to go out, and only thing I'm getting is, like, I had, like, two drinks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a Jack and Coke, bro. You had a Jack and Coke, dude. That's yeah. it. And, yeah, it's dropped. It's gone. See ya. And they're all – and, look, the funny thing is they're all leaving – they're living their lives bragging about what they just did – and claiming it yeah and, um, and i'm like wait a minute i'm the okay never mind so and then yeah there, no one's here there's nobody here now you know that, and, and it, the, the the wave is done that's some people's job though that, like, I've, I've kind of figured out that some people's job they're, they're really known for because i had this one guy all he did was got me like alcohol and girls like literally he did nothing else for me he literally had no other job like <laughs> No, for real. He really had no other job. Oh, like, dude, I know you're for real, bro. And I love it. I've been, listen, I've been to every city, every five-star and single-star, seen it, done it, love it. But not for 15 years, dude. Like, you're, I'm talking, look, Byron, dude, this guy. Come on, man. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, sorry, I, I, you need to talk. I'll shut up. Sorry. No, you're fine. No, you're... Talk as much as you want. That's fine. He's so, got better he... stories, though. Dude, this guy, he's speaking the truth, man. This is I crazy. Is. That's why I do this. I love it. Bro, so what my we're big... I think a big thing for me, I had low self-esteem my whole life. Even though, even though, but I, I had low self-esteem, but I had money. I, I can tell, like, that, that's the only thing, that's the only difference. So you, you can have, I know a lot of people out here probably do have low self-esteem or have certain, um, you know, certain, certain like, uh, just, just in regards to their self. But if they have money, you can kind of hide it, you know? So I was able to hide it when I went out. I can go buy this or buy that, even though I wasn't happy with my life at the time. I can kind of I, I I made it look like I was, and I wish I would um I wish I would have took care of that while I was playing instead of afterwards. Because afterwards it, it just it, it sent me on a downward spiral, especially when you're dealing with mental health problems you don't know you have. You know you're just thinking like I, mean, I did a lot of like things I've done, man. Like I've lost a lot of like genuine friends, like not not I say genuine but not real friends. I lost a lot of people that I, I communicated with and really were cool. Into it now, because, you know, I was beating up on myself the last two years about stuff I did in the past. Just, you know, rules, things I've been to people or certain ways I thought I was supposed to act because I was an athlete or doing certain things. But now it feels, and people don't understand, like, how people come at you either. 
like a lot of times when I got in fights, altercations, the person will say something or do something and it, it'll go off and automatically it's the person. It's always the athlete that's wrong. You, just, you rarely see, you rarely see like the person that started it or did something weird to a certain person or maybe been vulgar or even uh, slightly abusive. You always hear the athlete's name or the celebrity, I guess you can say name. You never hear the other person saying like, oh, I was wrong. And yeah. even if you do, you never hear like, okay, well, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> so it, it'll be on the head, you know, like, it'll be on your no, head. John, it's, it's uh, yeah, this guy's 6'4". He's been an athlete for 15 years. Um, I was scared to death. I was scared for my life, and, and that's that. I mean, it's, 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 it's over. And the other thing is that after you're done being an athlete, it's kind of like the whole thing, no one cares. And they also maybe enjoy being able to, you know, be over top of you or, or be able to do things to a guy that lives such a, such a fantastic life. And, and made so much money. Like, there's got to be some of that there, too. But you know what, man? I'm probably making stuff up. Who am I? I don't know. So, I... I, I, love, to, I love to continue this. We're going to have at least 15 minutes more. So, it's almost the end of the hour segment. So, we're going to go on to part two. This will end part one. Having a fun time here with John Abraham, former NFL player. And we'll be right back with part number two. Welcome back to part two with John Abraham. What a great conversation we just had off camera and off live. So, wow. I mean, just hearing you guys is awesome, awesome stuff. Kudos. What you guys have gone through. I mean, and you guys have prevailed to come out of it. It's amazing. I, I'm, I'm glad to have heard these stories. It's amazing. So... Let's hop right back into it with you, John. Um, out of the NFL and with all this, did you ever want to like coach or announce in the game like most athletes have? Or did that not ever cross your mind to do? Or did you have something else in mind you wanted to do after football? Um, I kind of prepared myself not to do nothing. That's why I say I try to save money so I wouldn't have to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think coaching is for everybody. I, like, I was telling you how my mental stuff is. I think if I was a coach, I'd take it too personal. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I have a, I don't have the strongest uh, self-perception sometimes. Like, even if I got fired or something like that, I think I'll take it too hard. Like, even me getting traded, uh, when I got traded to the, from the Jets to the Falcons, I didn't take that that hard because I wanted to go. When I got cut from the Falcons, I took it hard. Like uh, even when um, even when we lost the game before we lost the game before we went to um the Super Bowl, I took that hard. I was I was manic for like two or three months. I lost like 20, 20, 25, 30 pounds just from like just from stressing and everything. And I didn't even know stress. I thought I was just, but I couldn't get it out of my mind. Like um, and then when I was done with football, I couldn't even watch football for the. I started watching football last year for the first time. Like, I couldn't even watch football without, you know, and then, and then when people want to ask you questions about it and you don't want to talk about it at the time, I was bad on people. So I don't know. If, I think I can coach now mm-hmm. because I, I've calmed myself down. I think I can coach now, but I don't think it, I, I don't want to put myself back in a predicament that I might go back to that person I was. Oof. Dude, you are just like, 
Amazing, Byron, do you hear right? this guy talking? I love it. Oh my god, this is—it's almost scripted. But you—I—I I, I can't believe that you're like you're. What you're doing is you're speaking all of my weaknesses and secrets right now. Okay. I couldn't watch baseball. I still can't watch baseball. I'm trying. I'm trying to get into it. Uh, college baseball is better for me to watch. It's insane. I, I am so in. Like this is, I'm blown away, man. This is crazy because, and you're talking to a 15 year guy, man. Like that's not crazy stuff. It's not a trigger, but it's, um, it can become a trigger when I get too indulged with it. Like I don't like fussing with people about what's going on on the field, especially when you're talking to somebody who didn't play. Like, uh, you know, they start, they start telling you stuff and like, I would never fight with you about baseball. Anything you talking about baseball, I'm, I'm listening because I never played. There's so, no way you would say anything, right? There's no way. Like, you know. And then like, I would do the same thing for football, right? Uh, they'd be like, how do you miss that? How do he do that? I'm like, look, I, I ain't got nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even like, like me with basketball, when I played basketball, uh, we had centers then. We had people that would literally, you know, back people down and do stuff. Basketball has totally changed now. So I watch basketball now. I'm like, they just shoot threes all the time. I don't really want to watch that. So it's just, it's just different. Like, we don't have, we don't have Patrick Ewing. We don't have... Uh, See, I feel you, John, because that's what has turned me off the NBA game. It really has. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, so, I still grew up in, an, I grew up in the 90s with those kind of guys. The, uh, the Jordans, the Pittman, yeah. the, you know, the Rodmans, all the guys. I grew Ewing. up in the Barclays. That game was different. They have no post-up game yeah. no more. You don't, you don't never see anybody put your post-up. They got they rid of the physical side. game, too. They got rid of the physical side, too. Yeah. I well, hate you have it. flailing now. You have guys that get hit, and, and they flail to get the call. Like, dude, that was only only on a charge, and you're trying to sell it. There was nothing besides that. And they got nothing. it from soccer. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, from soccer. soccer. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't even know it until I started watching soccer. I was like, "This sucks." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> yeah, soccer. Soccer is that way too. It's like, oh boy, ninety yeah, dude, minutes no, of no, what? That guy's down. He's down. He's done. He's down. And then he gets up. Uh, Key and Peel. I don't know if you guys ever seen Key and Peel, uh, the, the comics. Oh yeah, dude. I've, they got I an episode. Oh yeah, where the guy dies. He dies on the soccer field, and then he comes. He goes up and sees God at the, the Golden Gates, and then he he's like, "No, one more time." He comes back. He comes off the stretcher on the field and, and kicks the winning goal. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Well, I I gotta ask you. You see, you, you I mean, the game has changed, and obviously, the NBA just like it has an MLB. We talked about that last week, Dave, as well. In all the sports, do you feel like? Do you feel like the NFL has changed too? I mean, from when you played? I mean, honestly, seriously, do you think it's changed? It's a safer game now. Um, safer? I, I, safer, yeah, safer now. You know, uh, with, with the call and other hits, um, back in the day, we ran a play called a power play. I don't really see them running the power play no more. A lot of, a lot of the plays now are more stretch plays. More plays to get the running back um, holes to run through. 
They're, they're not really like one-on-one just knocking each other out like we used to do. It was a lot of double teaming and stuff like that. That was the power play. The power play was like you double a guy, you double a guy, you double a guy. They don't really do that anymore. Um, and I see a lot more running out of bounds. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I see a lot of guys running, and, they, and instead of seeing them like take a hit and get the extra yard, I see them kind of running out of bounds. Now I see I see them boarding out of bounds, and they, they might be coached now so they can get less hits, you know? Because um, and you know the head to head is definitely out of the game, which it should have been a long time ago, but it wasn't. Uh, and the game is more. You see a lot of good running backs, but back in the day, we used to run the ball a lot. I don't know if you can see the difference, but I think there's a lot more passing now. And you see receivers getting paid a lot better. You see the receivers getting like $20 million a year now. That, that was unheard of back in the day. Now that you brought that up, you brought up a good – good. I was now that you bring it up, it's a good question I'm going to ask. Because you played – I totally forgot. Even though you weren't on this team – in the playoffs, but you we were around the NFL, the Bounty Gate game. What you what you think of that with the whole bounty thing? Were, did you ever think that could happen in your game when you played, or uh, that could happen to you guys? I, I mean, I know it would happen. Um, if you had a good player, we, they would try to take a good player out. I mean, I know for a fact they probably had bounties on me when I played when I played for New York because I used to get hit so dirty. Um. It was, it was a lot of dirty plays like that. But um, I think now they might still have bounties out, but not to hurt people intentionally. You know, bounty, if you like, if you, if you, if you hold this guy to 100 yards, or if you do this, or, or if he scores on you, yada, yada, like, but not really a bounty, like trying to get somebody out of the game. But back in the day, I think we had, we might have had that every game. We were trying to get their best player out of the game. You did, they didn't care how they did it, because I mean, I got, I got a lot of cheap shots on me from nowhere. And, it's simply because that's how the game was back in the day. But um, I don't think it's really in this game now. I think they probably be betting on who does this and who does that or if this guy does that. But I don't think it's a lot of bounty. Hey, John, are, are there a lot of guys that are in the NFL that, you know, the whole steroid era in baseball was a big deal. Like everybody was just found out these guys have been cheating and this and that. Um you see the Mark McGuire, the Sammy Sosa, the Barry Bonds, the guys that are hitting all the home runs. Uh, still to this day, there's not been anybody that's having t- even come close to Barry Bonds' record of uh, Byron. How many home runs did he hit in one year? 60, 61. No, 70. Yeah, 70. Sorry. 70. Has anybody come close to it? Even with no. the, the balls that they changed? No. No. So with that said, and, and you know, I'm not – I'm not. there's a list in Major League Baseball, the guys that got caught doing steroids and all that. I'm not all about – calling guys out i don't care look i i know the truth but in the nfl i have no idea when you're six four and you're 230 pounds are you doing steroids to stay um up to you know beat with these guys that are the running backs the defensive linemen guys the guys that you know that are the receivers like are the receivers doing winstrol and the, the linebackers the heavy 200 300 pound guys are they taking deca uh is it what are you guys seriously eating 18 pounds of meat every night like what what's up man talk, talk to me uh, I can't speak for anyone else, but I never did anything. My big thing was was being natural. I never did steroids. I don't even know whatever you're talking about. I don't even know all them names you said. Like I, I have nothing. I, I I know back in the past though, steroids. There were a few people I knew were on steroids. I think uh, Romanowski was a yeah. A he guy. Was, yeah, he was accused of it. Yeah, okay. I remember that. A lot of guys back in the days uh, were. A lot of white guys saying they were trying to keep up with the black athletes. 
I don't think it's like that anymore. I think we have the same kind of training now, and people are training differently now. And we have so many supplements they can take that people are like I, I haven't heard of anybody getting. They say performance enhancing stuff. But yeah. I don't think I don't think it's steroids they're getting into now. I think it's like the um, T what the TAC uh not TAC um some kind of hormone thing. Well, there's no they're doing THC. They're doing TH. They're doing THC and yeah, like HDA. Something like that, yeah. HGH, yeah, they're doing that too. Yeah, well, dude, you know, I mean, it's said that Barry Bonds was the guy that was doing too much HGH, you know, along with the steroids. I don't know if you ever saw Barry Bonds, dude. He looks like one of the Under Armour statues with one of those shirts on. This (laughs) dude, like, he's that good. And if he's taking HGH, a full vial, what's going to happen is his bones are going to grow bigger. He's going to get bigger. And that's what happens. That's what HGH does. It grows your bones bigger. He went from a hat size that was a seven to a seven, whatever, an eight, whatever it was. Dude, like, that that's not good. And now he, this guy, how old is Barry Bonds now? He's 45 years old. Like, are there effects that are going to happen to Barry Bonds because of what he did? Yeah, but look And now how, this guy's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Look how long it took him just to get back into the game, though. And now he's just getting back into it. As a coach, come on! Look how long it took him. So I I, I, mean, I don't know what to say. Is Look, it worth you it? You go and talk. You go and talk to Barry Bonds about hitting, dude. He's he's got the X factor. He's got. I mean, that's basically what he says. If you don't know the X factor in hitting, like this is something that's not known. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Barry Bonds has a certain way that he hit, and I always wondered the way that he did it, the strategies that he used to hit, and it's unheard of. It's kind of like King Griffey Jr. Like, you don't know how he did it. He just had a certain swing. But, I mean, it's it just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff out there to think that you see a guy on TV that runs, you know, and, and John, I want to ask you, too, talking about the speed factor. Like, I'm big into the speed. The only reason I made it to the big leagues was because of my speed. Uh, I didn't do steroids uh, ever in my life. Uh, I didn't need them. Uh, to do what I thought I was going to do, a center field leadoff lefty type of player, right? Steal bases, rob home runs, dive and catch, uh, slap the ball. Hey, yeah, he'll hit a home run. Sure, he'll hit doubles too. He'll get there. Um, but like, um, you know, I, I, I think I think the main the main thing that I'm trying to say here is uh, I'm forget what I'm forget what I'm talking about. Um, do, you, do you think that? Like, I'll just move forward. Do you think the guys today, like kids, do you think kids are, they have to play one sport, this sport, do steroids, work until from eight years old till 18, go to all these showcases, like completely change their lives. You know, just talking about everything. Like, if you're really trying to be a professional athlete, you've got to know the story, the backstory of of all these guys and what they did to get to where they were like Mark McGuire, dude, like he, do you know what that guy did to get to, to his status? Sosa, you like, there's gotta be something there that you could, you could, you could put down and be like, man, these guys are doing this and this is what they're doing. But I don't know, man, I'll shut up now. I'm, I'm, I'm talking on my trying ass. to ask him, is there pressure to kids these days that is that what you're trying to ask him? What maybe, maybe dude, maybe, maybe that's the thing. Like, 
you know, the, the sport, like we're talking about change, right? Change in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what is that doing to the kids, the high schools? Cause like, dude, I know for baseball, when I was drafted, there was like three club ball teams. Now there's 50,000 club ball teams. Like, dude, there's so many club ball teams. Like everything's I, changing. Uh, I think now, definitely now, like what you were saying about so many club ball teams, there's so many more outlets for people to do besides sports. You don't have to, you don't have to be an athlete to be a commentator. You don't have to be a professional athlete to do drills on, on YouTube. You don't have to be an all, a all-star guy for somebody want to hear you talk about sports. So you think about how many people you see work, got workout videos now. Everybody do. Like, right? right. If, some, if, if some girl want to just get up and start working out, like on a Wednesday, she can put her um, Instagram on, go live and start working out. I've been seeing so many people out there working out. And I'm like, man, you look at that before you start working out. What's the difference? But people are doing that now. Like, it's so many other things. Like, if you're not wanting to go to, if you want to go to the NFL, you can't make it. You still can, like, market yourself as being a so-called expert at it. That's what people do, you know, which is corny as hell to me. You'll, you'll see this guy who didn't make it to the NFL, but he'll be showing people how to do cornerback drills. Or you'll see this guy. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm, like, think about it. You, you'll see this person that is not a professional trainer, but they'll be on there talking about how they work out and just they work out and just how they got, like, how they got their abs and stuff. And people will look at it. So you have so many other different things you can do. Like I said, if you want to be – no, they, they, I think – what's this one guy? Um, I think it, his name is X or something. But he he, played, he he was a college kicker, but he has a YouTube channel that I think is defeated or something like that. It's called defeated or something like that. But all he does is just like tell people like, okay, this guy is good, but he could have been done. He'll go challenge like somebody else. But he he didn't even play professional. He was in school, but he just decided to do YouTube. There's just so many other things. If you like, even if you ain't good at something like, but you might be good mentally. So there, there's so many other things you can do besides trying to say. I, I got people that are like, okay, I wanted to start this basketball program. You can do that now. And you don't got to have, you literally don't have to have no kind of professional stuff by it. You don't got to have, you can just go and just study and just show people now online, which we didn't have before, which is a lot of people, you know, like a lot of things now that people can get into besides really being a professional. You know, back in the day, it was just like being professional. Now, for being professional, you might can do TV. Now, you can just skip all of that. You can start from like right. 14. Now, like if I was 14, and had like this media stuff we have now. I don't know if I would have played sports. You know, I could I could just sat there and watch sports and talked about it since I was fourteen. And by the time I was this age at forty two, I'd been an expert. I had twenty eight years of doing, it. so I could be an expert by then. And I could just I could be a male Kuiper. <laughs> you know, just talk about, yeah, you know? or an Adam Schefter, yeah. It's so much. It's so much so think about how these kids are like 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, and they're famous now just from doing podcasts on stupid stuff or, or many things that kids like. So there are a lot of other stuff they can do besides being professional. Damn. It's crazy. He's right. He's right. A lot of these people are famous over what? A lot. He's John. John has a good point. (sighs) This reminds me, I got, I got a great topic for this and it it is baseball. I'm sorry if it's not Uh up this alley. Okay. I know it's, it's pro sports, but this guy like, okay, fine. So after professional sports, what I wish I would have done because it's working now is started this scouting business where, hey, anybody in the, in the city of Las Vegas, I have a website. It's called, uh, I'll, I won't use the real ner- uh, name, but um, 
all scout, pro scout, whatever. You can pay me and then I can tell you and give you a certificate that says that you're a pro scout for, for the Major League Baseball. And then guys are walking around that have never played professional baseball in their lives. They didn't even make it out of high school. They didn't even make their high school team saying that they're a professional scout. And I'm like, what the f- – how? And, the, and then what they do is they get you to pay money for, for that guy that never played – to do an inspection on your body to see if you have injuries first. And then second off, he gets you on a three month, six month, nine month plan of this and that. And you got to pay all this money. And I'm like, Oh my God. So the business side of this thing with sports is like huge. Like, and, and to, to, to go into this where it could help people listening to this, what would you say? I know what I would say, dude, like I got the speed program. I had the situations, the online course that you're talking about, how the world's changing. Byron and I have been talking. I have this program. It's coming out, dude. I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to get it out to people. It's going to teach everybody all the situations of baseball. It's going to be on video. I had the speed routine that I did. I was a 6-2-3, 60-yard dash. That was uh, Deion Sanders, 4-1. I was a 4-2. Like, I was fast as fast can be. You're a track guy. You know what I'm talking about. The high yeah. jump helped me. You know, so, like, the off-the-field stuff, the off-the-field stuff that you can do, to promote you getting drafted i mean that that that's what's up what, what do you think about that uh why not do it like i said th- this is um this is definitely the era of opportunity in life i mean like looking now like i said if i was younger and i knew what i knew now now i just ain't got the i don't know if i have the patience to um, do it every day you know and like really get into it I, uh, like my um my kids and stuff like um they, they all on YouTube and they all on Instagram, uh TikTok, all that stuff. It's a new era and um it's never too late to start, man. Like literally it's never too late to start. Um on like if you gotta go and that's what I'm trying to get back into because I like my goals are just my goal is make it to the NFL and finish in the NFL and I ain't really had no goals after that. But now I'm forty two and I'm like, dude. You got a life to live, dog. <laughs> like, you literally, like, you can make more goals. And now I'm like, it, it's funny because if you would have told me dude. 42, like, I would literally want to be doing something else, in which I do want to now. At first, I was just kind of like, I was just going to ride it out. You know, I, I thought I was just going to live my life out and be done. I'm like, no, nah, I actually got stuff I still want to do. So um, if you can, man, get into it and try Try your best at it. You know what I mean? Like that's the biggest thing to do. You know, you gotta stick. You gonna stick your foot in it. Stick your foot in, just like you did baseball. So, you know, and don't worry about. Nothing. And I think my biggest thing is, and it could be for you too. Um, just being a sports person, I have a big thing about failure. Like I don't like to fail. So you know, like I said, me playing at 15 years, like the failure part for me is a big thing. I got to get over. Like not worrying about like also my past too. I hate my past, so I don't. I only like people knowing about what I. I don't mind talking about it now. But it's just uh, a lot of things that you got to overcome, which people got to be forgiven, just like you got to be able to forgive yourself. So it's a two-part question before we let you go. Uh, what would you tell kids today that are getting in into sports? What would you tell them today to look out for in the future or in the present? And... My other part of the question is, I ask this to every NFL player that I have on here. I know it's early, but who do you got in the Super Bowl and who's going to win it? Woo! 
Uh, right now, like Tampa again, I ain't gonna lie to you. I mean, it sounds bad, but they just won and, and they can't do nothing to get better. <laughs> like I, I can't see them being worse this year because uh, it's it's it, it's gonna be a tough year this year because I can't see any team. Most teams are trying to put themselves back together. Mm-hmm. Tampa's good. They they the only team they said within the um, I think the the modern football era that's returning all twenty two starters. Yeah, like, yes. they were yep. damn. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's crazy. You know, they, they keep talking about Tom and getting older, but they're returning everyone. They're returning every one of their starters, man. That doesn't, dude. That does not. That never happens. Ever. Never happens. This is the first time I've. No, that never happens. Don't care. Don't even know about the NFL. That never happens, dude. That's because that's because they have that they have that cohesiveness that you know they have a coach, they have coaches they want there, and they have all the players they want, so they don't got to change. That's even better. Think about it. if you have something that's working. It's kind of like you watch. That's not to say about the old days. Like, like they said, the modern era. Look in the old days. You had a team. And you stuck with that whole team, and you ride out. You might be with that guy five, ten years. Like like now, you know, it's so much free agency. People just coming and going, coming and going. So you you might not even have a team like you know at all. But for kids, I think my um my thing for kids is diversify. Diversify. Like I said, there's so many things that you can do. Um, keep a Keep, keep a documentary of your life. Like, if I was a kid, if I knew what I knew now, I literally would have documented my whole life. Like, start from a kid, like, and I, I know some people got them crazy parents that tape everything, but now I think it's a good thing. Because when you get our age, how many times, like, either one of y'all weren't just like, hey, I wish I had a camera when this happened. Right. Hey, I wish I filmed this. Hey, right. I wish I could remember. And I would tell so them, times. I'm, saying, I'm not saying live on your phone. I'm not saying that. But if you use your phone, use it to document your life. So when you get younger, you can look back and see how you progress and you don't really have to look for no one else for help. You can look at yourself and see what you did then. Cause I know a lot of times when I look at my film, I'm like, dang, I was pretty good. I mean, Dave, you might do that. You might look at your old film like, dang, I was all right. See, I could have, you know, I could have, would have, should have. You know, something, everybody says that. Even I say that and I'm, I played 15 years, I still be like, dang, I could have if I, but look at yourself and see what you did then to make you good and see if you can still do that now. Like, you have a different type of appetite sometimes in your life. Like, sometimes your appetite is this way, sometimes your appetite is it. And I think for me, I just got you comfortable. Because once you get, like, where you want to be in life, like, it, like some people say, never get comfortable. Like, I always wanted to be content in life. I got too damn content. Mm. <laughs> I tell people, don't get too content. You see the people that are really living life, I think, how you're supposed to. They, like they say, they don't sleep much because they work a lot. And they don't, they don't literally have to be a job. But, I mean, you know, like like you, I know, like, you, you want to be a good father. Like, both you guys, like, being a good father is, like, my main thing in life now. Exactly. So that's what I, you know, you know, and being a father... Even if you do everything, it still feels like you ain't doing enough. You know, like, you know, because it just feels stupid as hell. Like, you can sit there and, oh. you know, give it all. So if I, but if I was a kid, I'd definitely say, um, mark, mark, your, mark your life. Like, mark wow. your life. That's great, I'm, dude. I mean, yeah. Uh, dude. Excellent. That is awesome. I wish I could listen to this guy every single day, every morning when I'm drinking my coffee. Just Same. Get a little ex- excerpts of, uh, huh? of see jobs. what you did there? Coffee. The name. There you go. See, I know. I'm telling it. you, dude. I'm serious. This is great stuff. Like he's. It is. Look, there's no, there's no magic. There's no, there's no secret. There's no whole thing of you got to go and do this to be this. No, 
he's just going to tell you exactly what you got to do and and what he went through and what he did to to help himself and that's that it's simple easy yeah and i love people that say they're experts they always try to give you you cannot give somebody like think about how many people are doing their own thing they went their own way like people will tell you a certain way to do something you like oh you got to do it this way this way this way this way and it don't work for you so i would say just you know just look at yourself and see what worked for you wow amazing stuff i really really have enjoyed this episode it's awesome awesome so have i so have i oh it was awesome i know i I think i can speak for my co-host i think i can speak for my co-host here we want you back on again on another time if you don't mind coming back on again yeah just stay in touch man i'm uh i'm always around i got i got a boring life now (laughs) (laughs) oh we're we're not flying to all this big cities we're not there's no time. There's no departure. There's no, you have to show up three hours early. We're not doing it. We're not strapping up. It's done. It's done. Yeah. It's done. It's done. And we- look, dude, hey, hey, you've opened my eyes to the, the vast amount of people that are out there that have gone through the same thing, the same problems, the same things that a lot of guys go through. And they're, they're not easy, dude. Thanks for helping me tonight. And, and even though I haven't been through either what you guys have with that and fighting with demons in the past, just kudos that you guys came out of it. Seriously. Honestly. Hey, still here. Kudos. I'm still here. Yeah. I mean. John, what's up? I see you. You're you, there. You don't you don't hear much stories like that anymore. It, it's always negative on the news about people killing themselves over drugs, alcohol, whatnot. It's all... It's all negative, and just to hear you two story, your two stories on how you guys came out of it, just amazing. You don't hear that anymore. You don't. It's no, crazy. No, it's, it's not a thing you do hear a lot. No, it's not. You're right. So, um, before we end, before we end the episode, um, Dave, do you want to ask him for us it, how he can share our share our our show and podcast to everybody. Yeah. Uh, John, are you doing anything online that, uh, you know, you could let us know that you have a channel of, and then also like, how, how are you going to share this episode with your friends, your family, all the people that you know? Cause I mean, you got to have so many people following you in some way, shape or form, man. Like how can you do it and, and let people know? Cause dude, this, this episode, sorry to cut you off. This episode will help so many people just to, just to even listen to, Two guys talk about their failures out loud, dude. And you, John, you were like completely over that whole thing. Like you're so much better than that. You're gonna help a lot of people, dude. If if you're, dude, you man, I'm, I'll shut up. Sorry, go ahead, tell me. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I've been kind of off social media since uh, uh, I've trying to clean up and clear up myself. So I do have Facebook, you know, John Abraham on Facebook, but that's about all I have. Like my Instagram, I don't really be on anymore. I like I said, I think I'm gonna get it probably next year maybe but i had i had to ask myself my big thing was like being on there every day and i was posting so much crazy stuff on there because i was just i was in a crazy mindset i had to get off it was bringing me down and there's a uh also before i let you go too there's another thing because we're also helping each other out here trying to get more interviewers to interviewees we're always looking for more if you know any like former your teammates 
just uh, have them hit us up or you can hit either me up or you can find him, Dave, on his social media. Let us know and we can get them on just like what you're on to today, you know. All right, cool. If I have a, if I have anybody, um, I feel like I can do. I'll definitely give y'all a shout out about that. Definitely awesome. It was tremendous. And and Dave, anything else you want to add before we cut off? Oh man, I just got to, you know, you're you're awesome, dude. What a what a what a stand up guy. And uh, you know, you're in uh, you're in Atlanta right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I. I, I want to say I think it's tough times everywhere in every state in America, and uh, dude, I just like hope every everybody just come, kind of comes together and definitely realizes like, dude, if you were to talk to and interview everybody in their house like at six p.m. where they're eating food and sipping on some wine, watching TV, that everybody was just the same, dude. Like we all just want to. And I do guys say wanna... I do I do guys say this before we head off though. Seeing you guys connect, maybe you guys should add each other on social media. Just letting it out there. Maybe you guys should, because you guys connected well tonight. Yeah, well, we got we got we got some things in common. Not the fifteen year career, though. I wish <laughs> I had that, dude. Damn. <laughs> I'm the hey, look. I call myself the cup of coffee guy, but I was a cup of coffee and espresso because I got called up twice in two in two different seasons. So that's the way I gotta, you know, that's the exactly. way I gotta do it. Man. Exactly. Hey, whatever. But hey, definitely, it was fun. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. And we'll definitely be in touch. Seriously, we want you back on. Thanks both y'all. Y'all have a good one. You too. Take care. Take care. Wow. Before you and I head off, that Dude. was awesome. Dude, a lot. Just that was. Stories. I look. I apologize. I. Okay, you've learned from now on. Cut me off. Cut me off and remind me what I'm talking about before I get to the point where I forget, dude. Like I'm a fucking idiot. I'm sorry, but I don't. Other care. than that, that's why you're my co-host. You're here to help and ask questions, and you did. So. Hey, a lot of shit, dude. That was awesome. It was awesome. So go ahead and um, before we cut off here on episode ten, uh, go ahead and uh, tell us, tell everybody real quick what you have in store for us. That you know so far, that you thought of so far. Oh man, of just like the show or what I plan in the future. What are you What are you asking here? Let me let me let me both. specify both. Just real well, quick. dude, I, I you know, I, just real quick before before we I go. I, I, I think that you are uh, you know I think you're a guy that's going to be able to you know give give people a, a good opportunity to hear guys, you know. Talk, talk about some issues, some stories, some experiences that, that mean something, that have some, some really good meaning that can help people uh, in their journey in life, okay? That's that. Uh, second off, the future part, um, you know, I, 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 I think that, you know, about myself and stuff, like video, radio, podcast, TV, this and that. Dude, I was always an entertainer. And I think that uh, besides the fact I... I Forget a lot of a lot of the stuff that I'm even talking about. Um, you know, this I, I think I could be, you know, a good uh, I don't know, a good co-host here. And uh, oh, yeah. I think the Definitely. future, I think the future holds me doing some really insane, crazy, cool, not boring, uh, not boring, but boring also stuff that that would that would be cool for people to watch Definitely. and listen to. Hey, so. 
definitely share do your do your part because I know you you before we got on you had that little setup so help us share yeah. the show and make it big. Hey, definitely. Every day I wake up, dude, it's always pushing forward, trying to figure out what we're gonna do. And um, so, does this mean you want to be on for tomorrow too? Um, what time is it tomorrow? Ten thirty, my time. A.M. Yes. Who is it? Randy Cross, former NFL and announcer for CBS. What? Yeah. Dude, it's ten thirty eight nine eight seven. I mean, look. Okay, how can we play this game? Can we talk at seven in the morning? Yes. And and plan this. And yes. if, it, if it's if it's not a go, it's not a go. I'll be up go, anyway because I know my not one, but well, actually both will be up because I have to take my son to school. So yeah, okay. I'll be up. I'm, I'll be up at that time. I'm up. Um, but just just in case, look, I want to do this. I'll, I'll commit to it. Uh, but just in case I don't, I don't want to, you know, throw a flag out there and be like, oh, this guy said he's going to commit this and that. But no, no you're dude, fine. I'll, I'll, you're I'd fine. love to. And seven thirty a.m. Hey. Like right now, I'm getting pressured from the wife and the kids. Like, oh, dude, you got to help me. But and if you need to cancel time, from here and there, that's fine. That's fine. Just as long as you're helping me share the show and whatever, I'll send you the episodes and you can help share them. Whatnot, you know? Absolutely. Just as long as you're on here majority and you're in it, which you seem like you are. My other co-host wasn't, so I didn't I couldn't really do nothing. It was just me doing everything to share it and all that. And it's hard. So as long as you oh, help me is... with that, then we're good. But you can no, I... you know, when you feel like you need time off, you mean I'm fine with that. I just know you'll be in it. Just you know, you'll help share it. Unlike my other co-host that I had. Well, look, I, I I've been looking for something to uh, build up online, and I think this is a great opportunity. So definitely, let's rock and roll, dude. Like you're Perfect. all right. Well, I'll stay in. I'll call you. Yeah, I'll call you early in the morning because I'll be up. Hit me up. Day, I'll be so. up. All right. It was a fun right, show. Hey. Definitely take care. I hope right, I helped buddy. with like fucking some fantastic questions. I got that dude talking, dude. I, look, I I am I am I'm a pussy, dude. This dude speaks and and lets you know what's up. Like he doesn't care. He's not scared. No, I know. And like, he's not. All my weaknesses and secrets are like revealed by this guy. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You're talking all my stuff, dude. What? I can't watch baseball. I I'm this. I'm this. Like, dude, that's just. It's inspiring, man. It's great. Definitely. So it it helped me tremendously. It did. It helped me too a lot. So. I'll get I'll I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll do um look him up, Randy Cross, just in case if you can't, cool. you know. But just look him up. And uh, is it Cross with a C or a K? C, C. All right, looking him up right now, brother. Perfect. I got him on the uh, right. iPad. I got his info. Perfect. We're good to go. Hey. All right. Well, you have a good night. Enjoy your enjoy your son's hockey game. And this was a fun episode 10 with John Abraham. So this does it for Coffee Time with Byron and Dave. See you all tomorrow. Have a good night. Later. Later.